This podcast uses adult language. Listener discretion is advised. This is Kevin. And I'm Elizabeth. And this is the Lesson 83 Podcast. All right, we're back for another topic. What are we talking about today, Elizabeth? We are talking about polyamory myths. Yes. So misconceptions, commonly held beliefs that may not be true. Mm-hmm. Assumptions. Uh, yeah. So we've got beliefs. a few of them. Uh, we'll just jump right into the first one. Aren't polyamorous people just afraid of commitment? Mm, yeah, that we get that one a lot. So I feel like there's an idea of what commitment means, especially in like current American society. We're based on a heteropatriarchal kind of deal. And to a lot of people, commitment means one man, one woman live together, 2.5 children and a dog, right? So we want to talk about the difference between commitment and exclusivity. Because uh, as we both feel, commitment is a choice you make to someone or several someones or your children or your family or anyone like it doesn't have to be but in a romantic context commitment doesn't have to be exclusive yeah right i i have been asked this question a lot i think i may be presented to it more than uh, some of my female partners or female friends because i think maybe the the trope is that men are uh, less focused on commitment and I've always found the line of thinking kind of frustrating mm-hmm. to deal with. And I would just have a canned response of like, oh, I'm very committed to my partners. Yeah, I've been with them for, you know, one partner over five years and one partner over two years now. Mm-hmm. So that for me is a lot of commitment. And it's just that we're not exclusive. We, we separate those. So what does commitment mean to you? And I, I know some of the things that it means to me, but I feel like it's different for everybody. That I can rely on my partners and that they can rely on me that we you know have an ongoing intentional relationship that is based on trust and you know meeting each other's needs and wants i like that um <laughs> yeah commitment can mean whatever you want it to mean for your relationship in my opinion so my my commitment to my husband means that we live together that we maybe share finances that we cook for each other that we things like that and you know my commitment to my other partners may not involve the same exact list we may not live together maybe we're not fluid bonded sexually or something like that maybe we don't eat together as often or or support each other's careers in the same way but you know it's not that it's necessarily lesser commitment in my opinion it's just different and every relationship is unique so our friendships are unique our relationships with our families are unique and so our partners our romantic partners are the same way awesome so aren't polyamorous people always just trying to get laid Mm. isn't polyamory all about the sex you know i actually know a lot of um asexual and gray sexual and demisexual people in the poly community so these people may be less interested in sex or not interested in sex at all or may not be motivated by sex and so there are plenty of reasons that asexual people might have sex for whatever reasons but maybe we could provide links at some point for more information to that but there's a whole internet out there so go explore it but not just that but honestly in the polyamory communities we do more talking about sex than actually having sex I think that's a common a common thing I think that the negotiation and the safety precautions come first for me and the sexy times is something that eventually happens, hopefully, for me. And, you know, uh, once you have an established relationship, it's easier. But um, especially in the beginning, like, I don't really have casual sex usually. And so it takes certain levels of 
STD testing safety, which we'll talk about more in a minute, and things like that. So no, I think, especially since polyamory means many loves, yeah. you can have loving romantic relationships that don't even involve sex or that don't focus on sex. Or, yes. you know, polyamory is about the the emotion and the love, I think. And so, you know, everybody falls into different categories. Yeah, I, th I think you covered it really well there. Thanks. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> you know, I, I've... I've been tempted to cheat or I've cheated in the past. Does that mean that I would be good for polyamory? Does that mean that I should move my monogamous relationship to a polyamorous one? Great question, theoretical person. So I, I'll chime in on this one. Sure. Uh, some of the impulses that cause people to cheat might make you an okay candidate to uh, uh, open up your relationship. The problem is going to be, do you feel like you would be able to uh, be honest and communicate. Um, communicate would you be able to handle your partner having you know other relationships romantic or sexual mm -hmm. outside of your relationship mm -hmm. that's and a thing that that i'm so sorry to interrupt but you made me think of you know when people start thinking about polyamory for the first time i feel like they get excited about their the idea of themselves having multiple relationships but they forget that that means that their partner's will probably also have multiple relationships and that's much harder for or at people least to deal the with. ability to have them exactly so yeah sorry go ahead <laughs> um and the the main thing is what cheating is is a breach of trust you can cheat in polyamorous relationships it tends to be much more offensive to me when i hear about polyamorous people cheating you have some permissions and avenues to be able to communicate needs and wants yep. that monogamous people may not feel as okay approaching their partners about so I would definitely say uh, if you are either a reform cheater or tempted to cheat, that there's a lot of work to do if you wanted to be polyamorous. Mm -hmm. Definitely not impossible, especially if you're cheating for the wrong reasons. You It may take some work on your end to get to a point where you're going to feel comfortable letting your partner have the same freedoms that you want. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I've experienced a variety of... <laughs> cheating in my life <laughs> from in polyamory and monogamy and I do, I do find it more offensive as well and when poly people cheat because you're already allowed to have multiple relationships so why not just be honest with your partner about what you need yeah and you can probably have it in a lot of situations and if you can't then you need to reassess your relationship and not go behind their back and do it anyway you know so cheating is all about the breach of trust like you said it's a lot it's a it's it's breaking whatever relationship agreements you've made. And that, like you said, does apply in polyamory. And so yep. yeah, you can cheat in poly, absolutely. All you have to do is break whatever rules you've set, whatever agreements you have. You know, it's not that hard. <laughs> so Elizabeth, polyamory, it's mostly just a whole bunch of men with harems of women, isn't it? <laughs> That's a great question and a common assumption. We see shows like Big Love and other like... Well, those are also polygamy. Yeah, they which are, is which is a religious-based form of non-monogamy. <laughs> it's, it's a form of plural marriage. Yes, it is. And it's not the same as polyamory because polyamory is egalitarian when it comes to gender, I feel. It should be, ideally, right? And so you can... You know, men, women, non-binary people can all hopefully have multiple partners in this in these scenarios. So, it's funny because I do hear a lot of assumptions from monogamous people who think that poly people are usually men who have multiple girlfriends or wives or whatever. But in my experience as a poly person for almost twelve years now, um, it's more likely that I've seen women 
with multiple male partners living together. And yeah. I think that's interesting. It's more, not, I wouldn't call it matriarchal, but there are certainly options for different configurations of, oh, yeah. of gender co- combinations, right? And some poly people only have two partners or even one partner. And some people have, you know, five more, five or more partners, whatever. And so, yeah, but but gender-wise, it's all over the map. Yeah. I feel like all genders are equally likely to be polyamorous. And maybe that's another myth. Yeah, I, I haven't noticed any in particular, at least in our local community, participation among, you know, one gender versus the other versus like couples or you know, triads or there there are some configurations of polyamory that tend to be less stable, usually ones that include a lot of people. Mm. There are lots more links in the chain where things could happen. I was thinking about but, closed triads being and, and on tricky. the other end, yeah. <laughs> closed triads. Yeah. I think those are the the two least stable configurations just based on a lot of factors that maybe probably deserve their own episode yeah, let's as to why. It, there's nothing wrong with the, for people out there. There's nothing wrong with those configurations. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them sometimes can be problematic. And that'll be a topic for another episode. Another episode. Um, uh, polyamorous people definitely don't feel jealousy, right? Like That's <laughs> never. the only reason that you could ever do this is that you feel no jealousy. You've never been jealous a day in your life. Right. No, uh, that's probably the most common misconception about polyamory is that we don't experience jealousy and that's how we're capable of having more than one relationship. But that's actually not true. Polyamorous people do experience jealousy. Um, I'm going to jump in really sure. quick. I, the one thing that I've always told people when I hear uh, people come up to me and say, hey, oh, you're polyamorous. I could never do that. I'm way too jealous. Yeah, I hear that a lot. My refrain has been for a long time. If you told me that you were too angry to do a certain sport, whether you wanted to do that sport in the end, I would tell you you might want to go get some therapy to work on your anger issues. Yeah, for sure. If you're so jealous that it's preventing you from doing something that you may want to do, then you should go talk to somebody about it, develop coping strategies, because jealousy doesn't only come up in context of romantic relationships. And even in monogamous relationships, jealousy can be a factor. Absolutely. People get jealous in monogamous relationships all the time, which I think they forget maybe when they think about polyamory. Um, And so, no, poly people do experience jealousy. Absolutely. Everything you said is true. Um, I experience it regularly and so so do my partners and we talk about it. I think the difference may be how we traditionally handle jealousy, how we react to jealousy. Polyamorous people generally try to uh, approach jealousy with a little more curiosity and a little more open mind about like, what's the primary emotion? Is it fear? Is it a feeling of inadequacy? What is the primary emotion that is driving me to feel jealous? Jealousy is usually a secondary emotion, right? Yes. At least we, we generally think so. And, you know, polyamorous people tend to look inward instead of looking outward for solutions to the jealousy. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought of it in those words. Yeah, I I always try to frame it when I'm thinking about for myself is that I wouldn't want my partner controlling my behaviors, but I would, you know, be more than happy to help my partner try to cope with things that they are trying to cope with. And if my partner was experiencing jealousy... If I was experiencing jealousy, I would want my partner to do the same thing of trying to be cognizant without being controlling. I would say that's totally true. And uh, consideration may be a key word here. So being considerate of your partner's emotions, you know, 
if they say, I feel jealous about your new boyfriend and you say, well, I'm not going to just dump him because you're feeling insecure. Maybe we can work on it together. Yeah. Or, you know, let's talk about why that, you're That's a jealous. real harsh yeah. load to drop on. Sorry. I would probably soften that a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. We're, we're having a hypothetical conversation. I just want people to know that, like, for me, if my partner dropped that on me when I was in a vulnerable place, I'd probably be like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It I'm not asking you to dump them. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes people do, yeah. you know? People do. They think that the way to mitigate the jealousy or to eliminate jealousy is get to be is get rid of the other partner and be monogamous or put more restrictions on the relationship. And yeah. that doesn't really work in my experience. Um, yeah. The work does have to be internal and it has to be about solidifying and clarifying your existing relationship. Definitely. So that you have a firm foundation to explore other people as well, in my opinion. And Well, I've also seen people have good luck using uh, temporary changes in expectations saying like, hey, for the next two weeks, can we decrease the number of dates you have with your partner? I'm not trying to get you to dump them, just like for a little bit of reconnection time for us. Yeah. You know, for people asking for temporary changes, I think is okay. And if I was on the receiving end, I always tried to think about both ends. If I ask my partner to change something about their relationship, how would I feel being on the receiving end of that? Because I've been on the receiving end of some frustrating behavior yeah to suddenly out of the blue be told hey i'm not gonna see you anymore not because i'm not interested in you but because my partner just can't deal with it yeah it's like can i be a part of that conversation can that be something we talk about or try to resolve no all right yeah so i always you know i i would be totally fine with somebody saying hey for two weeks for the next month, we're going to pump the brakes on this one specific thing mm-hmm. that's causing my partner problems while they do the emotional work to build themselves up to that. That is something I would totally accommodate. Somebody telling me from on high, hey, you need to change X. I've I've had that. I really chafe at it. I accepted it at the time, but I, I probably wouldn't as much in the future. Yeah, I understand. And I, I think that a lot of polyamorous people, I, I feel like solo poly is kind of relevant here because solo polyamory is a, a style or a philosophy, I guess, where you are more self-partnered than yeah. partnered with other people. Your other relationships are certainly important, but they're, your first consideration, as I feel it should be, is yourself. And because if you don't have a healthy relationship with yourself, I feel like it's tough to apply healthy relationship behaviors to your other partners yeah maybe think, solo poly think about yourself it. as a as a, your primary yeah even if you have a primary partner yeah it can be helpful at times it really can on to the next one that mm-hmm. we came up with are we risking are we at a high risk for sexually transmitted diseases that is a great question in my experience the polyamorous community talks about std testing and std safety far more than the monogamous community. In, in my experience and how I handle things, I consider myself to be hyper vigilant and a lot of the people I see also be very hyper vigilant. Absolutely. I have several requirements before I'll, you know, have sexual interactions with someone usually and I find that we get tested all the time, we talk about it all the time, we we use precautions. We communicate. I feel like there's more openness about STI research. We tend to be more up on our knowledge than the general public about what STDs are out there, what 
what we've been tested for. You know, we tend to have our recent paperwork on hand, on our phone, in our car, whatever, in our bedroom. I don't find this to be true in most monogamous circles. Yeah. Um, and well, I, it's very infrequent that I have new sexual partners. And so like, there's not, it's not like I always have everything on hand, but I definitely have it on a Google Drive that right. I share with everyone that I'm intimate with. I had a partner chafe at that too, saying that like, oh, I shouldn't be releasing information to former partners about my current status. I was like, they have the right to still know, and I don't think that they would ever abuse it, and so I'm not going to cut them off from that information. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I get regularly tested before I sleep with anybody new. I get their testing. Mm -hmm. You know, if my partner gets updated testing, I always ask. If my partner says, oh, I slept with somebody new, my first question is, did you see their paperwork? Did you make sure that they got tested for all the things that we require? Yeah. Um, anything else that you want to add about STIs? I, I, I think you did hit a good point that I don't see monogamous people. I see a lot of monogamous people see it as a slap to the face mm -hmm. or an accusation Yeah, uh, asking for testing results. And I have never once had somebody scoff at me saying, oh, hey, I'm not going to sleep with you unless you get SCI testing. In the poly community. Yeah, in the poly yeah. community and all. I, I don't date monogamous people. so And I can't – I mean, I, I've barely been monogamous in my life because it's not for me. But – uh, I find that monogamous my monogamous friends don't don't get tested with the same frequency because especially in like serial monogamous relationships, uh, a lot of people assume that if you're monogamous, there's no chance of contracting an STD. But your partner could have a, a, a an STDI from a previous partner that yeah. they don't even know about. Most people who have STIs don't know because yep. they're not getting tested and because so many of them don't exhibit symptoms yep. or they don't for a long time. Yeah. The so, ones that do exhibit symptoms quickly are usually the easy ones to get rid of yeah, too. Yeah. Luckily. Yeah. But the the bad news is, is that the, the ones that are harder to notice, mm -hmm. the ones that may not present themselves with physical symptoms uh, can be the most detrimental. They can be. Absolutely. So, and I feel like we talk about this all the time, you know, yep. in the poly community, and that's good. Lots of safety, lots of regular testing. And I think there's a, a lot of, I mean, we've talked about the crossover between the polyamorous community and like the kink community and the yeah. queer community. And I would even say like the pagan community. There's just like a lot of crossover. I feel like all of those communities talk more about STI testing than the mainstream world yeah all right well i think we did a good job of covering all the topics uh if you have any you would like to send to us find our contact information in the episode description and reach out to us and let us know yay Welcome back. And this is Kevin again. And I have with me one of my good friends. Hi, I'm Rick. All right. Uh, so we had talked before a little bit about X-Men being in like a possible three-way relationship and poly origin stories. Uh, I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about being out at work. I know between you and I, we have very different experiences in that realm right now. And so- Definitely. Yeah, so do you mind starting off talking about yourself and how you view uh, your work life and how it interacts or doesn't, you know, 
with so, your poly identity? Yes. So I work in a fairly conservative industry here in our little home city. I have worked two jobs. I My first job was kind of a precursor to my current job. And in my first job that I worked for about two and a half years, I was not out at all. Like nobody at work knew basically anything about me at work. They knew that I was a charming young man who just graduated college and was looking to get his foot in the industry. And now I've since kind of, I've gone to a adjacent career path, which is in my opinion, a definite step up. But I, I work with one coworker who kind of knows that I'm out now. and But that's it. I would never really talk about, I, I personally, where I'm at right now and in my industry and my and in my where I'm at right now in my career definitely definitely being the idea of being out at, at work is like kind of horrifying. Yeah. So I've had a very different experience. I am terrible at lying, including lying by omission. My mom always knew exactly when I was lying. They raised you. They raised you that way on purpose. Uh, maybe, but also like it's kind of just been built into me. And you know, I uh, did Boy Scouts. That a lot of the ethics of the Boy Scout organization, outside of the anti-progressive stuff, um, was really honed into me pretty hard. Of like always being honest and trying to do good where you could. Uh, you know, this podcast is an extension of that. I I really struggled not being out and lost a relationship not being out to my parents and so when i came out to my parents and most of my friends had known by that point and you know my friends didn't really bother them at all i always came into a job and kept stuff under wraps because it's not relevant to most conversations or relevant to anything people are doing or talking about but i would you know Suddenly, my partner was someone who was in art school and also working for a big company and also like a student in a different program. And those were three different people. They weren't the same person. And, you know, people started catching on, and especially because I worked with a few close friends for a while. Right. Just, my partner was working on an art project this weekend. And then the next the next it's, oh, yeah, last weekend, my partner was helping me with some math stuff. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh, my partner and I wait. Isn't your partner an artist? How are they helping you with math yeah. or et cetera? Like just like stuff like that. I, I totally understand that. It's funny that you mentioned losing a partner for not being out to your parents. Yeah. I definitely, that was like my first real poly relationship. I had something very similar and I, it was one of those things where it kind of, they put a lot of pressure on me to come out to my parents and I did. And now like, I don't know, my dad and I have kind of like a don't ask, don't tell with it where we just don't talk about it at all and my mom i love my mom god bless her she tries so hard to understand but sometimes she's just like i'm stuck and i cannot understand this it's weird you should have them come out to one of the meetings no (laughs) no (laughs) are you sure i my dad my parents live about two two or three hours away Mm -hmm. and getting him down here is like a one time a year event Uh, so i try like i try to show him a really good time and not not like stress him yeah. out or be like show i don't i don't know i just don't think it I, hey i organize events and i cannot convince my parents to come out and uh hang out with us at a brewery and they live you know 40 minutes away now but used to be 
less than that. And, you know, uh, circling back a little bit to work, it eventually just became a thing where I realized that if I didn't make a big deal of it, other people didn't. And I wasn't throwing it in people's faces, although I got accused of that like a few times. But, you know, it was when it came up organically in conversations. You know, I've, I've received some like rude questions and stuff that I felt like was really inappropriate for work, uh, kind of in a similar fashion to uh, uh, the LGBT community when we were fighting for you know, equal marriage rights. It was most people, when they didn't understand homosexuality, their, immediately, their immediate thought was, oh, well, let's talk about the sex they're having. It's like, these are people that are trying to it's- marry. These are people that are trying to have a long-term relationship we're not talking about their sex lives necessarily it's always sex that's as soon as you tell someone you're polyamorous the first 15 questions are always sex related every single time you can see it you can see it as soon as the person finds out they look at you and then they look at your partner and then if your other partner's there if you have other people that you're involved with in the room they look at them and then they go back to your your you know the partner that's standing next to you and then they look at you and they go, uh, so how does... How does that work? Yeah. How does that work? It's like, what do you mean? What, what part? What, yeah. are you, what are you talking about? And, and it's, it's never emotionally. How are you invested in these people? What are they yeah. to you? It's always, where do you sleep? Or who sleeps with who? Yeah. Or do you all sleep together? It's never... And, and that's something with polyamory that is a little different than like open relationships or like just like someone in a ethical non-monogamous situation where there are kind of different umbrellas for for people's yeah. situations and and they're always they're always different yeah and you know i get a lot less questions like that nowadays i don't know if it's because of the air i put off or what i feel like it's because we live in a pretty progressive city and largely people are starting to understand that it's a thing. And so like less people are as surprised about it. Uh, but I've always been really good at being able to rebuff them. And just I just flatly say, like, I don't talk about my sex life in public. It's not really any of your business. And yeah, and you know, I, I really would respect if you didn't ask me questions like that. You know, I and I kind of circle it back to I'm having multiple loving relationships. Some adult relationships include sex, not all of them. And it doesn't really matter whether mine include sex or not. There's that comic that always goes around where it's like the first person is just like, like, I only want to be with you if you're 110% into it. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of like what polyamory is. It's like gives you the freedom to find people who want to do stuff like 100% with you. And if someone's not 100% into it, like, well, that's fine. Like, I'm not into it either. Like, yeah, you know, kind of taking it and leaving it. So personally, mine was like pretty uneventful. Like a few friends were confused and didn't really understand. Um, I get very few questions from my friends nowadays. My my father kind of circling back to what we were talking about earlier. He straight up asked me 
if I had sex with two of my partners at the same time. And I was like, <laughs> you are my father. I'm going to drink this beer right now. Yeah. I'm going to pretend like you've never asked me that question. <laughs> yeah. And just like move the, the whole thing along. I guess I've always had a pretty open relationship with my parents. Generally, outside of the poly stuff, I've always like my parents and I, we've always had a fairly open relationship mm-hmm. as far in terms of communication and talking about things like sex and everything so my parents like to do that thing where they like kind of joke and give me like a hard time about like something that's sort of like relationship or sex related and I've just gotten to the point like as an adult where I just like I will just I can do the same thing where I kind of like put it back on them if that makes sense where I'm just like, well, I can say some stuff that you probably don't want to hear about. Yeah. <laughs> like, ex- like, ex- and then my dad gets got, oh, okay, we can not talk about this. When I came out to my, I came out to my mom and she told my dad like later on, but I, I told my mom when we were at a theme park and I kind of hit her with a double whammy. Probably, probably should have planned this like a little better. I personally probably didn't handle this as, as well as I could, but we were at a theme park and I had sort of been, I don't want to say dared into it, but there was definitely like a little bit of pressure from uh, that partner that you were talking about previously. Mm-hmm, definitely okay. that, that partner was like, Hey, like, how can this be real? If you don't, if your parents don't know about me or you could never talk about me with your family. Yeah. And this was after I had bought her home. She had already like come with me as a friend. Yeah. She had come with me as a friend to, um, to just kind of come home and we just sort of hung out and had dinner with my family. And I was like, this is my friend. We're really good friends. And kind of left it at that. And then she was like, you didn't tell your parents, like, our our relationship must not mean a lot. So I was like, I'll tell them. So the next time I saw my mom, I I told her. And then she told my dad. And we don't talk about it. My dad and I don't talk about it. My mom, I mentioned this. She kind of talks about it sometimes. She tries. And it's sweet. But sometimes I wish she would, like, read a little. How about uh, with your like friends did you lose any friends or anybody is anybody really confused about it or no so this is gonna paint me away but that's fine i met basically everyone i know through the rocky horror picture show Uh, i was on cast for a very long time and that's how i know people um my my best friend in the world we worked the rocky horror picture show together for several years we kind of built this group of people around the two of us so people just kind of always thought i was weird i guess it wasn't people weren't surprised when they're like oh that that," i when when i finally had the vocabulary for it they kind of were just like oh this knowing you this makes sense yeah i we were already in with a lot of really kind of progressive people and i think that is like a big part of where we live being a fairly progressive city yeah so no 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 one's really been super surprised i know my my boss or not my boss my coworker. they're, they're my supervisor kind of yeah when i told her she I, I told her because I started this new job and we were we were becoming fast friends mm-hmm. and I felt kind of bad not saying anything about it because it was a fairly it's a fairly big part of who I am now. I yeah. I go to a lot of events, I have a lot of people in my life who are poly and sometimes that leads to shenanigans or fun or just it's just different. And so I, I eventually was just like, I need to tell you something because I feel like we're friends and I kind of you know, laid out like so this is this is who I am and what I'm about. And they were like, cool. And then they didn't say anything else. And then about a week later, they were like, so I have some questions. 
Could you, could you were, answer these questions? Were they please? like good questions or were they like they were, uncomfortable questions? No, no, they mixed? were they were good questions. They they had definitely they had done some reading. Like they, I could tell that they went and they they were throwing out some of the sort of the deep cut vocab. Oh, okay. You, nesting partners? Do you have? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they you, they did. Are you they kitchen did their table? Are you? <laughs> so for listeners that may not know, do you want me to do it, to give my definition of nesting partner? Or do you want to give that? I try it when I'm using specific terminology to describe it on the podcast. Right. So my understanding, my definition of a nesting partner is a person that you live with and that you're kind of entangled with. Entanglement is like you share responsibilities, be they legal or social responsibilities or what have you. Children. Children are a form of entanglement. I would say children are a pretty big form of entanglement i would marriage that's a big one a lot of people are legally uh bound by love and laws you know kind of to contrast your experiences a little bit i've been working in you know similarly a little bit of a uh, uh, conservative industry you know i work in lending the uh, a lot of my coworkers are very religious people and i was very surprised at how much people did not care. I work with a lot of conservative people who are very religious, and I was very surprised at how people didn't have any sort of undue confusion or consternation or, you know, felt like they had an ethical obligation to tell me what I was doing was wrong. I think because I come from a very sincere place, I treat it like it's no big deal when I talk to people like, oh no, I'm polyamorous. I have multiple partners. Um, you know, everybody knows, everybody consents to this. It's, you know, not cheating, but it, it's something that's really, really important to me. And, but it's different. I understand that it's different from a lot of people's experiences. So I just wanted to tell you because I will use the word partner. That's usually the first key is I'm a straight guy. That's the exact key to give away to someone that you're not exactly like on the, the well-beaten path, I would say, is the second somebody goes, oh, my partner. Yeah. immediately you you're like oh what do you got going on over there hey <laughs> and, but i like for me it's just made a lot of sense in the community we li- we live in it has always felt more appropriate for what i was doing and so a lot of people ask me they're like oh are you gay and that's my intro to be like oh no i'm not i i identify as straight um but you know i use the term partner or depending on the person and how they're bringing it up to me I'm like oh no i'm polyamorous and it's just a more neutral term that I've found fits what I do more accurately. Also, there's gender too. A lot of yeah, there's a lot of folk, especially where we live, who don't sort of live in the gender norm. And yeah. partners a a much better term. I mean, for some people, yeah. Yeah, for, yeah, exactly. Everybody should use what they want. This episode was edited by Jordan Davis. Music is by Antilude and logo designed by Carmen Bolding. The best way that you can help support our podcast is by sharing it with your friends. Sharing is caring. 